ninjas. Welcome to the Saucy Sales Show. I am so excited and grateful that you are right here hanging out with me today. Listen, being an entrepreneur can be tough, especially when you feel like you were doing it alone. And on top of that, most of you didn't go to school for sales. And yet it is one of the most important skills you need to know to run your business. But that is why your saucy sales queen is here to help you learn all things sales and marketing with a sprinkle of mindset and life as an entrepreneur. So you never feel like you're alone again. I'm your host, Logan, otherwise known as the most fun sales and marketing mentor you will ever meet. (laughs) All right, grab your notebook, or if you're driving, just listen and take notes later and be present right here in this moment while you start to become a saucy sales ninja. Let's do this. And welcome back to the Saucy Sales Show. So excited and grateful to have you here with me this morning. I am currently, I finally got to try an Alani Fit Shake. So not sponsored, but I love the brand Alani, their energy drinks. And I've always wanted to try their shakes that they have like the flavors of, they have like chocolate, vanilla, munchies, which is my favorite one of their like protein bars. And I've always wanted to try the shakes, but I haven't ever ordered a box. I just never got around to it or whatever. And so Target now carries the Fit Shakes, and I just got to try some of the flavors. And I'm right now drinking the vanilla mixed with some coffee for a little protein coffee action. And it is so freaking good. I am so excited to have these in store so I can just pick up like a few at a time, occasionally if I want to. So highly recommend. I also am pumped because I finally got jeans. For anyone who follows me on Instagram, I have been trying to find new jeans because I currently own zero pairs. I got rid of my jeans last winter because they were so old and didn't even fit me right. And I kept wearing them over and over because I had a scarcity mindset and felt that I couldn't afford new ones. Um, And so I got rid of them last winter because I was like, okay, this will force me to buy new jeans next year. And so here I am in that situation where I have to buy new ones and I don't like going to the stores. I don't have a lot of stores around me to shop at. So I got some from Abercrombie and I love them. They feel so durable. The ones that I got were like the 90s ultra high rise and they aren't super stretchy. They're pretty rigid, but they're like thick, which I like because they feel very durable, like they're going to last and they're very comfortable. So I'm super stoked. And now I want to order like three more pairs (laughs) of some different kinds or, you know, they have this brand Curve Love. And I love that, you know, because the ones that I got, actually the waist are kind of looser and, but the thighs fit perfect. So I feel like maybe the Curve Love would be a little bit better for me, but I don't know. Those are the brands that I'm loving this week. So if you're looking for some new jeans, check out Abercrombie. And if you like, if you've ever had Alani products, if you haven't tried their Fit Shakes, they are very good. They're perfect little post-workout shake to have. So yeah, again, neither of those are sponsored. Just uh, sharing some, some exciting brands that I got to try this week. All right, so let's get into today. We're gonna talk today about the term or the not or, but the term cookie cutter strategies, cookie cutter sales strategies, because this, I just kind of started to bring this up. And my opinion's kind of probably going to go back and forth on this throughout the episode. And I really just want to bring it up as a conversation because I had this thought 
the past couple weeks. The term like cookie cutter sales strategies. I have used this before in my marketing, to be honest, because I've seen someone else use it. In the beginning of business stages, I catch myself a lot doing that and really trying to get away from that and really trying to not consume as much and really develop my own voice in the way that I market. But I had seen that and took it as, you know, not doing the same as everybody else or not saying, well, we'll get into what the, what the term means. But basically, a couple of weeks ago, I posed the question on my Instagram because I wanted to hear the opinions of other people. I was genuinely curious of when coaches use that term of cookie cutter sales strategies, business coaches, sales coaches, and using it in a way of saying, you know, I don't teach you cookie cutter sales strategies. I have a different way or I teach you a unique way. And I see it so often that in my mind, I was like, what does this mean to people? You know, when they use that term, what are they referring to? What isn't cookie cutter? What isn't the same? What is so different or so unique about their sales process? Because in my mind, there's a lot of the foundations of selling and the psychology behind it. There's a lot that is very similar. And you use a lot of the same principles of psychology and strategies or the way that you approach a new client or something like that. Like there's a lot that's very similar across the board where you are using very similar wording or similar approaches or similar process with different people. And so I was just genuinely curious of what people who use that term or how have used it or who see it, what they view that as, their definition. And I actually got two kinds of responses. So I had some say, it just means that I'm not teaching the same thing that everybody else, or I'm teaching not to approach everybody in the same way, or I'm not teaching the same strategy for everybody. And then the other side of it was almost opposing that phrase because they were saying that so much of sales is like, quote, cookie cutter in terms of sales psychology. So they saw it as like when people say cookie cutter sales strategies, they're literally referring to sales psychology principles, which should be the same across the board. And so that side of it didn't really like using the phrase because it's it's almost misleading because when you learn sales psychology, you realize that there's a lot of the same processes that you go through when approaching somebody. But then the other side was just defining it as, you know, not teaching the same strategy that they use for everybody as far as like, okay, if they have a client, they're a coach and they're teaching their client how to sell, they're teaching them in a way that is not the same for every client that they approach. I hope that even makes sense. I feel like I'm not able to to articulate what I'm talking about this morning. But those were kind of the two sides of it. And when I have used it in the past, that first side is where I saw it, is that I'm not teaching you to approach every person the same way with your sales process and saying the same thing. You know, like I'm not teaching you a script where you need to say the same exact thing to everybody or 
giving the same, um, you know, running a sales call the same exact way or using the same exact wording to handle an objection with every single person, no matter what, like that cookie cutter defined. But then I thought it was very interesting, the other perspective. And I really feel like I agree with that side of it, where there are a lot of parts of sales that are similar because it's rooted in psychology and the way that humans buy and the way that humans think about buying decisions and the empathy involved and the process they go through to make a decision. So there's that side of it. And I really resonated with that. And it kind of made me feel like people are throwing around this term. I don't teach you cookie cutter sales strategies without clearly defining what they're talking about, like what part of it is different. And what I kind of came to, or like when I think about what is different when teaching sales to my clients, my clients learn the foundations of sales. They learn about the psychology. They learn about emotional intelligence. They learn about empathy. They learn about the different types of buyers. And that's a huge part of where I feel like your approach and what your your questions you ask or the process differs is when you have a different type of buyer. You know, people buy differently and there's different personas. And so there are various aspects of your sales process that are more or less important to a certain type of buyer. For example, like an analytical buyer, they want like the facts, they want the stats. They're not going to be as swayed or they're not going to be as likely to buy just because of like client testimonials and just because of what other like stories of success of other clients. They want the facts of success and the numbers and they're making a very logical, rational decision. Does this make sense like investment wise and for the purpose of what I want to do? But then there's buyer personas that really value that emotional side of it. And they care about the testimonials. They care about the stories. They care about hearing your story. And so your approach to those different types of buyers might be a little bit different in terms of what you put emphasis on during your conversations. And the types of content that you make for those people might be different. because And so you want to be, when you make content, you want to be adhering to different buyer types, not all in the same post, but you want to be creating different content that will attract all the different types of buyer personas. But then outside of the persona, there's also different parts in the buying process that people are at. You know, there are going to be some people who come into your world, your social media page, like they just got there. They just saw your offer from something someone else shared. And so they don't fully, they're not necessarily ready to buy. They're just like learning about things. They just wanted more information, but they're not even close to making a decision about wanting to work with you. But then there's some people who have been following you for a while, who have thought about investing for a while. And then finally, when they sign up or they click on something, they're ready to buy now. Like they know they have a problem. They know they want to solve it. They know you're the person who, who they want to solve it. And they're ready to buy now. And then there's some people who are going to start following you and be seeing your content or commenting on your content and who are just realizing that they might have a problem. 
just realizing that they there might be a better way. But they still have a ways to go in terms of realizing that there's a solution and trusting you enough to be the one to help them get there. So you also have to be thinking of that part of it is that not everybody is going to be ready to buy right now. There might be some objections. There might be some deeper conversations that need to be had. And when you ignore that and you just approach sales thinking that everybody who fills out your application or everybody who comes to your page better be ready to buy now, you're just not acknowledging that we are humans and we have these thought processes and we want to make sure we're doing the best thing for us, especially in the online world. I feel like people are so much more likely to ask more questions and not sign up as quickly because they've been scammed, because they've been, they've really fallen into that trap of marketing tactics and then the value that they got was not what they expected. So there's a wall up for buyers. There's a wall up and people are much more skeptical of certain marketing phrases. And so back to the like cookie cutter sales, I I mean basically I think of it as, you know, when someone says like I don't teach you cookie cutter sales, I, okay, I don't teach you to be a robot. I don't teach you to say the same exact thing to everybody. I don't teach you to use the same exact script and the same exact process and not even necessarily the process, but the I don't teach you to say the same exact thing to every single person no matter what they say. Where it's like, okay, if that's the standard, like I don't teach you to be a robot, to me, that's kind of like a low standard. Like I want someone who's going to elevate me more than that, who's going to teach me and coach me more than just teaching me not to be a robot. I want to understand the foundations. I want to understand the the basics of the sales psychology and the buyer psychology because what am I going to do if like when we stop working together? You know, I want to fully understand how to identify my buyer. I want to fully understand how to identify where they're at in the decision process so that when I don't have someone holding my hand, when I don't have someone giving me scripts or someone there that I can voice message and ask, I want to know how to work through this on my own. And then I want to know how from those basic of psychology, how I can make my marketing or make my process a little bit unique without straying away from what actually works. Because learning buyer psychology and sales psychology works. It's a huge part of being able to be good at selling your offers is understanding those principles. So if that is what is defined as cookie cutter, as learning sales psychology, then I don't think that that's a good marketing strategy because shouldn't you be teaching that? Shouldn't that be what, like if you're teaching sales, how are you ignoring the psychology of the human? How are you ignoring the human experience and the way that we think and the way that we process buying decisions? How can you not teach that and just be teaching like your own experience and what worked for you, but that might not work for somebody else. And is it is it repeatable then? And, but then I also get the other side of cookie cutter sales of, yeah, like I said, I'm not teaching you to be a robot. You're not going to say the same thing to everybody. You're not going to handle an objection the same way with everybody. You're not going to never handle an objection or always, you know, handle an objection. Like you have to be able to understand the person. And that's where 
emotional intelligence comes in, being able to identify those situations where it's appropriate to keep talking about it or getting to the root of the problem and it feels good to do that. Or when you're in a place where you don't have the energy to do that and it's okay to walk away. So literally as I sit here and talk about it, hopefully this is like, it's not even me teaching you something. It's just kind of opening that up that conversation for thinking about that term and if you're using it and what it means to you when you use it. And if it's confusing to other people what that means, if it's such a broad, like, I I mean, I just don't think it's a good marketing phrase because for me, if I see that, it doesn't give me a good definition of what you mean by that. Like, what are you referring to? So you're not going to teach me any of the foundations of sales psychology that actually are the same or very similar for every buyer or every sales process that you do. Well, I feel like I should be learning that. Or are you just saying that, you know, I'm going to teach you sales psychology and how to use that as the foundation, but then how to, you know, change it for every single person you talk to when appropriate. Okay, that's fine. But say that then. <laughs> you know, I just like, I feel like it's been so overused that the definition has gotten lost or it's changed. It means something different to different people. So if it means something different to the people using it, it probably means something different to the people hearing it. So I'm not telling you to banish the term. I'm not saying it's bad to use. I'm not saying use it. I just have been struggling with like that definition of what it means and what people are using it as because I've used it in the past. And so I was asking myself, well, what did I... What did I mean by that? When I was using it, what was I talking about? So if I'm not teaching you cookie cutter sales strategies, what am I teaching? Okay, I teach the foundations. I teach sales psychology. I teach empathy. I teach emotional intelligence. I teach various ways of working through objections and getting to the root of the problem. I teach about, you know, how to have a sales conversation and how to listen more than you speak and and asking questions And there's a lot of the same questions that work for multiple people. So is that considered cookie cutter because you're asking a very similar question to different people, but actually it's an effective question? I don't know. Do you see that as cookie cutter? Okay, then yeah, some of the stuff is cookie cutter because it's just based on psychology. It's based on how people like to buy and how people like to be sold to. So... Yeah, I'm still working through that. And <laughs> so I really like want to hear more opinions on this of if you've used it or if you currently use that term like what are you referring to if you teach sales? And it's just it's almost like a challenge too to to think about how your buyer is perceiving that. Because honestly, a lot of people use it, so I just don't see it as a unique identifier anymore. I don't see it as a unique thing to use. Oh, I don't teach you cook. Well, yeah, that's what everyone says. So what else you got for me? (laughs) That's kind of like what goes in my head. Because yes, there's a ton of people on the internet who teach you how to sell your services. But if everybody's saying, trying to be so unique that they're literally forgetting about the principles of like sales psychology and never using any of that and just going based on their own experience then is that actually a good way of teaching it? Is that repeatable for you? 
So that's really, I think, the bottom line of where I think about it is that it's been overused, in my opinion. And I feel like it means something different to different people. And it's not a unique identifier in making you stand out as a sales coach or as a business coach anymore because everybody's saying that. Everybody's trying to be unique. And I don't think that using that phrase and saying, I don't teach you cookie cutter strategies is unique because everybody says that. Everybody says they're teaching something different. But how different actually is it? You know? Um, I hope this even makes sense. <laughs> oh, this is why I love you as an audience that you will sit here and think through these things with me and hopefully let me know like what are your thoughts? What side of it are you on? Not that there's really sides, but like when you hear that term, when you hear that like what does it mean to you? Is that a unique identifier when looking for a business coach or a sales coach? You know, and on the other side if you are in the the business realm and coaching other clients about this, you know, what is so different about the way that you teach it? Is it because you, yeah, I mean, I won't, I won't repeat again, but we like, what is so different and what else can you use to make you stand out? What else can you talk about or share to really be unique? And I don't think using simple terms like that or just trying to prove that, oh, I'm different, I'm unique, I teach you something different than everybody else, is not as effective as actually just being yourself and sharing more stories about your journey and your process and you working with clients. I feel like that, for the most part, really connects more than just using these very overused phrases in your marketing to help you stand out. When in reality, you're kind of just being drowned out by the noise of everyone else saying the same thing. So how can you share? You are unique. You know, you don't have to prove yourself in any specific way. You're already unique. So just be yourself and share about your story. Share about what's working for you and what you teach and how it's working for your clients. That's what they want to hear. They want to know the actual examples. They want to hear of what has been effective, what is working, and it doesn't necessarily need to be so different in the foundation of what you're teaching, but it's you that's teaching it. That's the different part. It's you providing the client experience. The client experience that you give, that's the unique part that you offer for a lot of this. Because a lot of people are out there teaching sales psychology. A lot of people are out there teaching how to understand sales, understanding your buyer. But it's your client experience. It's the way that you make them feel. It's the process and the community and the relationship that you build with them. That's the unique part. So focus on that. Focus on communicating that to your potential clients. And that's really where I have been trying to go is focusing on that aspect and, you know, not trying to shout among the noise. Look at me. You know, I'm unique. I'm different. I'm teaching so different. This is what you want. I'm tired of that. It's just getting drowned out. And so I am going to just provide the best client experience and teach what I know and what has worked and the foundations and that I have learned. And that is what's going to attract the clients that really are meant to work with me specifically to learn something very similar that they might be able to learn from someone else. But it's the client experience and the relationship that I build that is the unique aspect. So those are the thoughts of the Saucy Sales Show today about sales. I haven't really talked about 
sales psychology and the selling process and things like this in a while. I feel like we've had a really long stretch of more money mindset, which I love talking about, but that's why I wanted to bring back a little bit of sales conversation and hope to in the coming months as well with our weekly episodes of getting back into some of those sales principles and psychology and becoming confident selling and, you know, all of those fears that a lot of business owners have around sales, helping you to overcome them because I completely understand them and understand how how they can hold you back and how much progress you miss out on because of those false beliefs about sales. All right, so keep tuning in every week on Monday to the Saucy Sales Show to hear all about that and to continue to grow your business, grow yourself as an entrepreneur. And thank you for being a part of this audience. Let me know what you think of the podcast by leaving a review and I will personally thank you. So please tag me or share on social media and I'd love to have a conversation with you about this episode or just what you're loving about the podcast in general so I can continue to improve it for you. So thank you again for listening. So grateful for your time. Love you guys and tune in next week for a brand new episode. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of the Saucy Sales Show. Your time is the most precious asset you have. And I'm so grateful that you chose to spend some of it here with me today. It's time to stop saying, I love everything about my business except sales and start believing that you are capable of loving sales and making them happen in a way that is fun, authentic, and makes you money. I would love to hear from you so I can thank you for listening. Go find me on Instagram at Logan in Motion. Share this episode to your stories and tag me so we can connect. Make sure you come back next time so we can hang out again. See you soon.